Hello, hello, and welcome to day four. I'm excited, and this is one of my favorite days as well, because today is all about the tools, the actual practical tools. So I hope you guys are well rested and have enjoyed your week. I have so very much enjoyed having you guys here. It has been such a treat to see you comment and participate and and the shares you have felt like felt safe enough to put out there. I really appreciate that because that's not a small thing and it is it's one of the things I had hoped for for this space. So thank you everybody. Oh, I just need to find that I'm actually live in the group. It looks like it's working. So today is going to be a bit of a work day if you guys are with me. And you know, I like to think of this week as a kind of vacation. So today will be the excursion day of our little week's holiday here. And, and I hope you brought your hiking boots because it might feel a little bit uh, like we're actually gonna be doing stuff, be working out, be using those muscles that we've been building this week. Um, so I mentioned the stairs of thought yesterday, and we're we're that's kind of how we're practicing today as well, because all the tools that I'll be sharing with you guys are built on the foundation of the first three days. So everything is from the foundation of looking at life in a positive light. Um, and, and like the stairs of thought that we talked about, we have the choice. If we want to, if we want to, we can use that staircase and for each thought, for each action, for every oh no. Hi. <laughs> no, no, you're not late. I'm just I'm just so eager to get started that I jump in at four. I guess maybe I'm a little impatient and sometimes when I'm watching replays, I'm like, yeah, yeah, all those first five minutes, but maybe I should have given it a little time and space because I so appreciate you guys. That's what I started out by saying that you are here, that you are participating, that you are sharing in the threads and talking to each other. And that's, that's really beautiful. And I hope that, you are willing to to take some of that courage um, with us here today in, in the live because it's about the tools. So we're gonna need some examples and it's always okay to be hypothetical if we're asking questions or we can even ask for a friend because that will that will save you from listening to my examples all day. Um, I have a lot of those, so I don't mind, but let's see where it takes us. Oh, yes, it'd be nice to say hello. Hi there. Um, 
And then I was talking about the vacation analogy that I like using. So today is the excursion day of our holiday. So like with the stairs of thought that I, I keep bringing up, we might be actually doing a little bit of hiking up those stairs today. Um, so places like Acropolis and Machu Picchu comes to mind. I hear there are a lot of steps there, a lot of opportunities to, to get going and to elevate ourselves moving up there. Um, I think the best Danish sort of example, that's actually a really bad example, would be our round tower, that sort of old famous tower in Copenhagen. And the thing is, there aren't actually stairs inside that tower because the king who built it was so lazy and possibly fat that he couldn't be arsed slogging up all the stairs. So he had a ramp built in his tower instead so he could sit in his carriage and let the horses drag him all the way to the top. But we don't get that luxury here today. So I hope you brought your hiking boots and that you are willing to roll up your sleeves and dig in with me. So are you ready? I'm actually going to um, lose my cardigan because spring has caught a hold here. So that's really lovely. All righty. Um, I might have been a little bit ambitious when I planned today because I want I want to give you the full toolkit. Um, that sound that that sound even bigger probably than it is because what I have found from <laughs> all the all the stuff I've run into over the years, I can typically take everything and put into one of three categories. So what I brought today are three tools, one for each of these kinds of problems and issues that we can run into. And even that might take more than these 45 minutes that is the plan. And if I don't get around to it, I can always do that at a later date. I am not going to be holding out on you. It might be a condensed version though, but if you're watching on replay, you can always hit pause and it should all be in there. The only thing I will say upfront is that sometimes these processes can poke at some underlying things. So the questions and the tools that we are doing today might get to something else that we don't necessarily have time to cover, but the first step is always awareness, I find, and, and the curiosity to look at things and, and being open. And the tools are at least really good to get started. And they have taken me pretty far. Oh, hi, Britta. Um, Uh-oh, Fandimaya saying that you can't follow. What I'm trying to say is that today's a tools day. And maybe instead of all the pre-talk, pre I should really just get to how I discovered these tools. Um, because 
I had plenty of opportunity to develop them along the way. So I mentioned yesterday how easily a lot of things have sort of been flowing, but that does not mean that there weren't oh shit moments along the way or oh my God, what am I doing? What, what have I started? And I can't possibly do that. And all those other other things, other thoughts, other old patterns that we all have. And on top of that, there were external things as well, things popping up left, right and center. And, and there was a time where I was really hit hard by all those things, even things that might look like small things like um, losing a filling, having to get an emergency appointment at a dentist or the car making a funny noise and having to take it to the shop and and things like that. That could sometimes trip me up for, for days and give me that nagging feeling and, oh, no, and what am I going to do? And, and life is out to get me and sort of, or is this like karmic punishment or... I, I would really take it hard. Ooh, <laughs> hi Victoria. <laughs> I so so love that you that you pop in here after midnight. I will I'll try my best to keep you awake with some some sharp stuff here. I were asking you if you were ready to roll up your sleeves and dig in today because it's tools day. Not, not Tuesday, Tools Day, um, because I find that so important when we want that stable foundation in life where we can be happy and aligned, because it takes so much energy to, to be on that roller coaster on rocket fuels that life can sometimes feel like. So all the tools that we have and practice so that we can sort of even things out a little bit so that we don't completely lose our balance every time there's a bump in the road. Um, and I have, I have put them into three categories, partly because I think it kind of fits, and also because it feels much better to know that there are three types of issues I can run into instead of the million it felt like before. Um, and... I don't, I don't know if, if I would say one of them is more common than the other. They are sort of, I guess, situational sometimes. Um, the big ones, the external ones that felt like they were coming at me, that tripped me up for, for a while, they keep coming because they are out of our control. Um, and then there are... So those are the ones that I call challenges, the external ones that we have no control over. There are the triggers, which are typically about the people in our lives, which can be amazing teachers sometimes, right? Because ah, they can really get under our skin sometimes. And I'm not talking about people actually doing intentional things to us or even less than intentional. That would still be something that I would put into the challenge category, something outside of our control, something that just pops up at us. But those things that we get triggered by when people say something that, that we, you know, like, so what do you mean about that? Or um, 
my best example that I have run into so, so many times is when people are late. I just, ah, it frustrates me so much, especially when it's my brother, because he he's just chronically late. He does it every time. So that's a trigger for me. Um, and before I dig into that, let me mention the, the third category. And I think of that as procrastination, because to me, that is, is that subtle but very stubborn resistance that we can run into. And most of mainstream personal development is looking at that like a mortal sin, because if we're procrastinating, we should just be out there, you know, breaking out of our comfort zones and smashing through and just doing the thing anyway and eating the frogs and, and all those terms that come up. I have a slightly different view on that. Um, you will be surprised to hear, maybe. Um, but let's start with the people in our lives, because they're everywhere, right? Even as sensitives, we can't hide at home all the time. I know not all sensitives are introvert. I should remember that. Um, and, and I would love for you, if you have examples, if you want to dive into something that triggers you, or as I said, it might be a hypothetical trigger, or you could ask for a friend if something comes to mind. Um, but I'll start out with, with my example, when my brother is late again. So what I do, there was actually a time when I kept a trigger journal, an actual um, a, a, a notebook where I would note down every time I felt that feeling when something was rubbing me the wrong way. And then I would look at it when I had time because I find it so super valuable because we can really, really extract a lot of insights into ourselves from it. And there's a lot of growing to be had when we can face it and stomach it. Um, so the first thing I do when I run into one of those things is to identify what in this situation or about this person is actually bothering me. Um, what, what is the trigger about? And, and when people are late, and especially my brother, what it triggers is me in is that it feels like a lack of respect, that he's not respecting me enough to show up on time. And the thing about triggers is that they are our responsibilities. If we have buttons that people can push, it's our responsibility to handle that. So no matter how easy it is to say that, well, clearly it's his fault. He's the one who's late. So I'm entitled to be annoyed. And yes, you are entitled to be annoyed. You get to, to choose if that's a story you want to tell. It's kind of the victim story, but I'm in no way judging that because that was a story I was telling myself about my life in general for no apparent reason for so long that if there is an actual reason to tell that story, to feel like a victim, that's okay with me. I'm just saying that we do have the choice taking it up the stairs or down the stairs. Because 
if we had to be responsible for the emotions that 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 are triggered in other people by what we do i mean then we would we would be rocking in a quarter you know because that would be that would be so overwhelming having that responsibility uh, because i like to i like to take the example that if you are out with friends you are filling up a whole table at a restaurant and you are having a great conversation and and it's really a good night and your best friend and everything is is just the way you like it and then uh, a four-string quartet comes in and all the way through the restaurant and they stop over there at that table with the young couple and and the guy pulls out a ring and gets down on his knees and he's proposing to his girlfriend in a very romantic, very public, very loud way. And you might be thinking, oh my God, that's the most romantic thing I've ever seen. But then you turn to your friend around the table and one of them might be like, how annoying, we were just in the middle of a conversation. No one can hear what they're thinking now because they're so loud. And there might be someone sitting there going, oh my God, I'm glad my girlfriend's not here or she would expect me to do that too. Or someone who's like, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. I hope she doesn't say no. So that guy, he's just doing his thing. He's just proposing to his girlfriend. So he cannot be held responsible for evoking four, five, ten different emotions in the people around your table. So we do have to own that responsibility ourselves. And I like to think that it helps a little bit remembering that everybody's always doing the best they can with the resources they have in any given situation. So people are very rarely out to get us intentionally. So once we have identified what it is about a person or in that situation that triggers us. Like a lack of respect by my brother showing up late. What I can do then is I can look at myself and, and ask, where am I showing a lack of respect? Not necessarily by being late, but maybe I tend to tell inappropriate jokes that might actually hurt people, or maybe I'm not very good at calling people back and, and they can feel like, that's rude, why is she doing that? Or it could be a million other things. But by acknowledging that we have that trait too, to some degree, that already sort of even the playing field a little bit and then to make it a little bit better, we can look at that other person and say, okay, my brother, he is, to me, it feels like he's showing a lack of respect. But where is he, is he actually showing me and other people respect or attention or consideration? And I'd be like, mm, well, he was really good with uh, my son when he was little because there were no dad around. So having an uncle was really cool who wanted to play and 
having an uncle that worked for Lego was even better, let me tell you. So, okay, so he has good qualities too, right? And then mm, I think maybe the most powerful part of it is then to ask yourself, where is the quality that triggered me actually a good thing to have? Like, like a lack of respect, that's, that's just not a good thing anywhere. But maybe it might be. What if your, your boss keeps calling you after hours, wanting you to do this and that, not showing him the respect by dropping everything you have to go do that? That is a sense of standing up for yourself. And my brother is clearly putting himself first and what he needs to be doing, what he needs to get done before he feels ready to get out the door to go meet me. So there's value in that if we look at it that way. And, and that's typically exactly the thing that annoys us about it is that someone else is showing a trait that we wish we had. So my brother has been an amazing teacher, not only a role model of everything going right in his life. Um, I know it's not that simple, but he has also been a very good teacher in the sense that he has poked so many things at me. He has triggered me a million times, partly with being late, even just by being awesome because that can feel triggering too. So I have learned from him not to be as eager to put everyone else first, which has been enormously valuable, especially because putting myself last actually kind of extended to my kids too sometimes. So if I had an appointment with a family member or where the kids and I were going and and if we were running late I would be you know hurrying my kids along come on come on come on we're going to be late we got to get out the door so learning from my brother to take my time that has been beneficial for my kids as well by not stressing and hurrying them I wish I had learned it earlier though because it took me a while so is, is this useful? Does anybody recognize what it feels like to be triggered by other people's behavior? I hope I'm not the only one ever who got super annoyed when people were late. Unless, of course, you're the late person, because <laughs> then maybe you get triggered when people rush you to be someplace on time. We all have these things. And as I mentioned, it can also, we can also be triggered by positive qualities. Like I said that, oh, my brother can be annoyingly amazing. Oh, it's hard for you to see triggers as something reflecting what you wish you could do. Do you have an example or a hypothetical? Because the thing about triggers, I call them triggers, 
but they are so very closely related to what some people think of as shadows. I don't know if that is a term that you like better. Mm. Mm. The chat's a little bit behind, but I'll keep an eye out. I'll I'll move move on, but if you come up with something, oh, here it is. My partner's brother's wife asks pointed questions that feel like they are loaded with agenda and judgment. I like to investigate triggers and what they mean for my behavior or thoughts. Mm. So could you identify sort of the emotion that it causes in you when when she's asking these pointed questions? Is it that you feel judged? Yeah, feel vulnerable, unsafe answering her directly. Yeah, I know people like that too. It can be really uncomfortable and and i think sometimes oh yeah <laughs> yes yes and that's the worst part isn't it that we can't help but answer honestly as you say that that then when i'm in that situation it makes me feel sort of weak or or gullible or easily manipulated and I so resent that because if there's one thing I hate probably more than anything else, it's feeling stupid, is to feel like I'm being taken advantage of. And, and that's not exactly what you're saying, but that's what it reflected in me. Oh, oh yes, maybe we are on the same page here. Um, so I would, I would say two things in that could be what it's about. And one of them is that it shows us maybe that we need to be better at, you know, holding our ground and say, that's none of your business. So in that sense, it would be a gift or a, a learning opportunity that they're giving us that by, by poking at our weak spots, we get to shore them up so that so that that particular button becomes less pushable by others and also again i don't know about you but when i when i see myself in that situation i know that i'm sometimes holding back not asking the direct tough questions i'm not always you know it's not that I'm not curious at all. And sometimes I'm like, hey, why on earth would you do things that way? I'm just too polite and too busy putting everybody else first. So, so 
maybe what we want to be better at doing that she's showing in in this is to actually care a little bit less about what people think of us so that if we have a question we can answer or we can ask it and then let it be up to people if they want to answer it or not where i think what we do is you know we might have a question pop up but then we're sort of taking their temperature would they be okay with me asking that would would i actually be okay asking that or would that be pushy of me and and having all these things come up so maybe her super annoying behavior that feels like she's being judgy could actually show us that we wish we were less worried about how we are perceived by others because we don't want to be seen as judgy but it it could be on anything so so that general sense of i don't care what people think of me uh yeah that's how i feel i'm coming to realize this it's a challenge to put myself in the firing line to practice though yes <laughs> yes it is but that's that's kind of what we signed up for i think here, life on planet Earth. And, and one of the things that I like so much about these tools is that once we sort of figure out how to handle them, life can actually start to feel more like a playground than an obstacle course. Because, because instead of, you know, getting dizzy and nausea on the, on the merry-go-round, we can just, yay, more speed, and it's just fun. Or, Getting triggered becomes sort of like, oh, yes, yes, like the sandbox. I think there's treasure down here. We can, you know, dig into it. Of course, that requires a level of, of feeling safe. And I think people who are still dealing with trauma or are healing old wounds or are generally under a lot of pressure might not really be there. That, that might not be the way to expect of oneself to feel about life in that situation. So that is perfectly fine, not to be ready for it. But once we are over that hurdle, once we are sort of basically in an okay place, if we want life to go from good to great to freaking amazing, looking at these things this way is just so much fun. When we're not actually in the middle of feeling triggered <clears throat> but um yes i think we got this one sort of kind of resolved and i really love that you're sharing and of course you chose one that works for me as well isn't that just the way it is when people come together and it's one of the things i love about group dynamics because whatever one person brings up always just reflect something in someone else so not only are we doing the work we get to to be in on it with each other yeah i like that so much um and this was yeah i was about to to move the triggers um to into the shadow shadowy sort of kind of work in the sense that we can also be triggered by good qualities in people um, where, where it's something we admire, like 
again, I could use my brother, but in general, people who are very confident, not something that can that can trigger me. And depending where I am, some days I'm like, oh my God, they're so full of themselves. I feel I feel annoyed by it. I feel yeah, annoyingly triggered. I feel frustrated with that trait. But if I'm having a good day, you know, I can be like, hey, girl, you go, you show them, you, yeah, you're owning your shit and you, you're awesome. So on a good day, I can admire confidence, for instance. But either way, um, it shows me that confidence is probably something I might want to look at. And emotions like that, it's typically when they trigger something in us, it's typically because it was either suppressed or exaggerated in us while we were growing up or in our family. Um, it could be, you know, some people might look at uh, a working mom or in this space of entrepreneurship. There are so many moms with young kids who become mompreneurs and stuff. And I, I really admire that. At the same time, I have no idea where they find the energy. But to some people, it, it seems to be kind of triggering. And they're like, well, they should really be spending the time with their kids, with their young ones. And now they're out there realizing themselves. And, and my God, that's so selfish. And if you dig into that, it could easily be something about ambition, maybe, that if you were taught to put other people first, that you did not get to follow your dreams, you did not get to be ambitious about your career, then seeing someone else living that out can be annoying and frustrating, to say the least. Or if you, um, if you, er, uh, yes, <laughs> uh, was that, oh, Britta, <laughs> yep, um, so oh, now now I lost my my train of thought, but I'm 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 glad you guys are are here. Um, again, all these things are are so good opportunities to look at what's going on. And again, we can also it's fine, fine, fine. Join in as much as you like. Um, but again, it's it's a chance. I'm I'm gonna check my notes because I. I have a lot of those for today. Um, yes, but it's it's always this thing about um, looking at it from both sides and trying to balance it because it's typically either been suppressed or exaggerated. So if we can uh, pull it back into some kind of balance, it starts working for us. So let's say we're looking at these amazing moms who got it all figured out. Um, like, oh my God, I was in a baby group with my son, my firstborn, and I was a 21 year old single mom. And one of these other moms, she had been up at, at six in the morning baking for us before we met at her place. And she had been ironing her burp cloth. I mean, seriously, I couldn't even tell them when the last time I'd been vacuuming because like, when was I supposed to do that with a baby that was never sleeping? So 
I had that thing, but oh, I'm reflecting on one online coach who has great content, but she has so much volume and energy in her voice that I can't handle it. Ah, yep. Yep. It can be really annoying, can't it? But in that case, one of the things we can do is look at ourselves and say, what is the value of not being like that? For instance, if it's if it's a mom, oh yeah, it's okay. Yes, yes, we're just aware, and that's part of being sensitive, isn't it? That we that we we're not gonna risk walking a mile with a pebble in our shoe because we'll notice it right away and we'll we can do something about it. But let's say it's these um, uh, ambitious moms. So what are the values or the benefits in not being that ambitious? And the obvious ones would be, well, by being less sort of outwardly ambitious, I have more time with my kids. We get to um, sort of mess up the house with uh, finger painting and stuff because I don't have to be on camera looking sharp with makeup and stuff. I hear people do that. Um, so so there can be value in, in the opposite, in not having that trait that we admire in someone else. But then the second half of that is turning it around and saying, okay, so where... Where do I have ambition? Where am I actually ambitious or loud and energized or, or completely organized like that mom with her ironed burp cloth? And, and maybe we have that in our creativity. Maybe we got all the energy and all the ambition and all the dreams and everything in that field and then realizing that we do have the quality because I really believe that we all have all traits to some degree. Some have just been shut down so hard and fast when we grew up that they will take a lot longer to find. But once we start owning that we do have that trait or we might be really ambitious with our cooking so that our meals are always super delicious. We just don't have like a million dollar business with a baby on our hip at the same time, but we will have the quality when we find it. And even just being aware of it and celebrating that we have it, that can, that can nurture it and help it to grow so that we can take this quality that we now are aware that we do have and spread it out to other areas. Um, oh, my firstborn didn't sleep either. It was hard, but I got to have an amazing SP kid who's really curious and interesting and creative. Yeah, yeah, they grow up to be themselves, don't they? And I must admit my son was very close to being put up for adoption because he was 16 months old before I got a whole night's sleep. So I was kind of just hanging on for a lot of that time. But yeah, 
those kids, those pesky kids are worth it, aren't they? When we see who they turn into, I like that. They are. Yes. <laughs> Reminding him. <laughs> well, what I do like to remind him is that my mom used to call me up to like four times a day to the degree where I had to put my phone on silent if I just wanted to do something during the day. So I sat him down last year at Christmas and I pulled up my phone and I showed him uh, the call log from my mom, I was like, all right, yesterday there were three calls. Day before, there were two calls. Oh, we were up to five calls that day. No, only one that day. And he was like, mm, because he knew where it was going. So I pulled up his call log and I was like, oh, no calls in this month. One call in November, two calls in September. And, and he was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, mom. So yes, I am reminding him of things. Maybe I should add the sleep deprivation to that list. Ha, good one. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and oh, I see. Oh my God, time is really running out. And I promised at the start that, that I have three tools and that if I did not get around to them, I would do them separately. So if people hang around the group, I can, I can add them as as individual sort of workshops, webinars. Um, I used to drive to the beach because it was the only way to get him to fall asleep in the day. It was so nice hanging by the beach while he slept. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. That's so good that you that you then found the beauty of that and got to enjoy your time at the beach. Unfortunately, I was so, so stressy already, I think, by that point that when my son was sleeping, I needed to, I needed to be doing things, getting things done. And, and I suspect now looking back that, that my sort of urgency to get him to sleep was probably not conducive. We live and we learn, don't we? So... Um, I will, I will briefly run through the two other tools. Is that okay with you guys? Or would you rather stop here and, and just get the rest some other time? I, the, the three tools I outlined at the beginning was one for triggers, which is related to other people and how they get under our skin. And then there's challenges, which are the outside things with outside our control that just pop up. Oh, okay. So you want me to keep going. Thank you. And yes, yes, yes. You can always come back for the replay because... Sleep's important too. I know, I know more than most people how much sleep means to me. I want to be a cat in my next life. So I get to sleep 16 hours a day. Well, sometimes I'm too busy enjoying myself, but sleep's important. 
Alrighty. We'll keep going. You guys are amazing. So the challenge tool, and this is where it becomes really important to remember the first three days because having that foundation is just so important, especially if we have been looking back because sometimes this tool is difficult as we are in it. Sometimes we need just a little bit of time just to catch our breath before looking at it and digging into it. But the more we do that in retrospect, like, like looking at our shortcomings and turning them into superpowers and looking at past bad experiences and, and realizing how they actually turned out pretty well, how not getting any sleep actually turned into a beautiful child and all those things. There are plenty of examples. Um, like for me growing up in this subtly dysfunctional family, that was sometimes like an emotional minefield that, that got me very careful and very sensitive to, to spotting where, where are other people's triggers. Um, so once we practice on things in the past first, the time that needs to pass when we are in a current challenge becomes much shorter. So there was a time when even little things could trip me up literally for days and make me feel sorry for myself. That's the victim mentality again. That was such a big part of everything for me because life was clearly unfair now to get me. But now that I have this fundamental belief that life is on my side, by reminding myself of that, even when I'm in the middle of something that feels overwhelming, that, that takes the edge of things for starters. And, and even just creating that little bit of space allows me to get curious with things. We were talking about that uh, last night with Dr. Roshi as well, how curiosity is a really good place to start because if we're in the middle of something that just feels crappy, deciding to, oh, I'm going to love this thing that's happening that I hate, that's quite a big jump. And we don't want to try to leap too far because if we don't make it, it can be a crash landing. So what we can do instead is, is find the curiosity and be like, hmm, if this was a good thing, what, what would actually be good about it? And if you have any examples, I'm happy to dig in. I can start out with uh, another one of mine. And this one is probably the most recent one. So there's still a bit of processing going on. Um, but that was, that was losing my mom three weeks ago yesterday. And I think that will always be a shock. I woke up to the phone call that she had passed away during the night. So of course I was rattled and, or, but, the first thing that kind of helped was that one, I, I don't believe death is the end. That was a big comfort. Two, her life was so full of pain and anxiety that 
I knew she was in a better place and she had even expressed that to me as well in the time up to and she was like well I don't want you to um not react but but don't be sad for too long that's the way she typically put it um and we were leaving things on on pretty good terms because I had been working through things on my end and and the role I felt that she had played in in that dysfunctional family stuff. So so things were sort of settled, which helped. But then there was the selfish thought like, oh my God, mom, not right now. I'm in the middle of the biggest project ever. So, and then of course I felt horrible for that. So I stopped myself and and I looked at it and I was like, okay, so I'm preparing this big thing that's really important to me. And I just lost my mom. How can I turn that into something good? Is this because I'm supposed to cancel my event because I'm going to have to pack down her apartment and arrange all the practical things and there's going to be a funeral and how am I going to do that with everything that's going on? And, and it might sound insensitive to some people, but I decided to trust my tools and look at, okay, this might be a test. Will my tools actually hold up in a situation like this? And I was like, and I started to realize that having, having that challenge in the middle of everything was actually the perfect opportunity to prove to myself how important it is to have that emotional foundation where the rug, the rug is not pulled out from under you completely. So coming to terms with that actually helped me. Um, I mean, there's still, the grief is still sort of rolling in in waves sometimes and she had a crystal in her window that that would uh, cause you know little rainbows on on the walls. I brought that home with me, and every time I see one, I'm like, I tell tell my daughter, "Oh look, look, Grandma's here!" and and so there's there's still processing going on, but I have come to trust that. I won't be faced with anything I can't handle. I won't be faced with anything that is not at least building character or making me stronger in some way. So that's that's how I like to look at that. But again, it might require a little bit of time and that time shortens the more you practice this. Because had, had this happened a couple of years ago, it would have taken me months to get to where I am now instead of just weeks. So that was not a very cheerful example, but I hope it still gives an impression of how we can look at challenges. And then I will try to 
pick things up a little bit for the last tool, which is about procrastination, which is my sort of overall category for all those annoying, pesky little senses of, um, of resistance, because that's really what it is, I believe, because when we are hooked up to our speedboat, when we are, you know, really powered up by some vision or a big dream that we are just all in on, wild horses couldn't stop us from moving towards that. I bet you have, you have felt that, haven't you, in your life? That you, that there, there's just stuff that you can barely wait. Waking up in the morning, you're like, like, like kids on Christmas. Uh, I made the mistake with my son of, of um, it's a tradition in, in Denmark for many kids that that there's there's a little something from the elves when they wake up in the morning. And my son learned that pretty quickly, which meant he woke up earlier and earlier and earlier. So when we were a few days away from Christmas and up at four every morning, I really regretted my life choices of starting that tradition with him. He but that's how we learn, isn't it? Um, so, so when personal development looks at procrastination like a mortal sin, almost, that's how it feels to me. I get so tired because I like to look at it as an opportunity again. And I actually do a webinar sometimes that I call three reasons why procrastination might have been the best thing you did all day. And you're going to get the cliff notes, the super brief version, because first the tool that I like to use is I ask myself three questions and I mostly come across it um, when it's related to something I really want. I'm not quite as inspired to use it when it comes to things like cooking dinner or getting the groceries or those things. They they more fall into the category of things that I just do, but it actually works there as well. You can make those things more fun and easy to get done as well. But if it's something uh, linked to your career or your passion or what feels like your mission. I think it's very important to notice that if you are procrastinating, because to me that means that we are misaligned with this mission or, or this path that we are on. So the first thing I do is I stop and look at what's going on and I ask myself, this thing that I want to do that I can't get around to do, is that actually my dream or is that actually my thing? Because sometimes we adapt or adopt beliefs from other people. Like if we're running a business, we learn that marketing has to look like this and you have to post this many times a week on Facebook and you have to use this sort of script or formula and then you have to poke people in direct messages and all this. So if you find yourself hesitating, the first question I would ask is, is that actually my dream 
to be that person who is is loud and self-promoting all the time. You can also ask it in a different way and say, is this important enough? Because if you if you come to the conclusion that that yes, this is actually something that you do want to do, then is it important enough? And sometimes you will find that there are small tasks that you can actually leave out. Like while I was preparing, I have I've uh, had a whole notebook full of ideas and things I wanted to do for this festival and and a long to-do list and a million things. And most days I would just be, I would be jumping out of bed and be like at my computer, uh, fixing the website and setting up the Facebook group and writing newsletters and all these things. But I came to a point where I was like, oh, there's all these things in the morning. Like I had to check my phone first and, and oh, I think my daughter's calling. What do you need, honey? <laughs> kind of anything that I could do to procrastinate, I would do that. So I got curious and I, I looked at my list of things to do and I was like, what is it here that's holding me back? And I realized that it was, I had, I had the idea that I wanted to do sort of do it yourself or do it on your own time, little exercises for this festival that could just be ready for people in the morning they could do whenever they felt like like journal prompts or a guided meditation or something and and for some reason that was what i felt stuck on and even though there were five or seven other things on my to-do list that i could have just been doing instead that point was holding back everything so i asked myself is this really important enough and i was like nope no one's expecting it. No one says there has to be exercises. Maybe it would be too much anyway. People might not feel like doing them. And the second I crossed it off the list, I was like, ah, yep, these are my things. This is what I want to do. And off I went. So those are two of the things that is it, is it actually my dream or my choice is it my choice to to do marketing this way so it might not be and then we will have to ask ourselves so what is my way but if it is and then is it important enough or could we make it important enough if I had decided I do want those exercises, I would have had to find a way to link them to be so important that I could not not do them. And the last thing, the last question of the three questions I ask myself when I start procrastinating is, could I do it in a way that feels more fun? And, and that's one of the things I believe that often comes up and, uh, and sort of an easy example is um, like, I want to get fit and healthy. I want to lose weight. So I should go to the gym and we go there and we sign up. And we get the membership and we go back home and watch some Netflix. Right? I don't know. Is that just me? 
<laughs> I hope not. Um, but let's say I'm a, I'm I'm speaking hypothetically here, and and the thing is, this could be an idea we've adopted from someone else. If you want to get fit and healthy, you have to go to the gym and maybe even get a personal trainer. That's the way to do it. So if we buy into that, that's the first step. Maybe we realize, no, that's not what I want. I actually want to cultivate um, a, a sense of loving my body the way it is rather than I want to change it. Or we could ask ourselves, is it important enough? And it's like, well, maybe it is. Maybe there are some health issues that requires us to, to start actually doing something for our bodies because starting to creak lit in the morning, a bit in the morning when we get up and stuff. So yes, we do want to do this. And if we're still procrastinating, then the final question that was, am I doing it my way? Because if we want to get fit and healthy, there are a million ways to do it that does not include the gym. I, for one, am a big fan of Qigong. I really like that. I get to move all parts of my body without breaking a sweat. And it feels like moving meditation at the same time. So that is my way of doing it. Some people might might want to go hiking or go dancing or go swimming. So we get to find our way of doing things. So these have been a lot of various tools for various situations. So when it comes to procrastination, I just want to end up with the three reasons why procrastination might have been the best thing you did all day. And number one is that it could have saved you a lot of time if you and energy, possibly even money, if you have been chasing something that wasn't actually your dream. You get to redefine and and course correct and put your energy towards what's really important to you. And the second reason why procrastination isn't all that bad is that it is actually showing you that you are connected to your inner guidance and that it is working. Because if you feel the resistance in doing something, that's where you get that awareness that everything else, every, every piece of growth and expansion we do starts with awareness. So procrastination can be that gift of awareness. And finally, by realizing that you have a choice, you get to do things your way. That is like an authenticity check. Am I actually owning this? And I think those three reasons are pretty good to not beat ourselves up if we find it a little bit hard to get off the sofa some days. And I know this has been a lot and I know I just crammed all of it in there. But if there's any questions or you, you think of any really good examples that you want um, input on, you're welcome to put them in the chat later on. And then I just want to say thank you for getting this far.
because there's only one day left of content and tomorrow is where we are gonna be wrapping it all up and starting to look towards the next steps because if this has been a vacation a journey of vacation in this group this week tomorrow it's kind of time to pack your bags and move on to the next adventure it's waiting right out there in the real world and i hope you sense that i am so sure that there's good stuff right around the corner for all of us so i can't wait to see you tomorrow and maybe even later tonight when i'm here with kubra who's talking about being boldly you and how that can move us into a brighter future so you're welcome to pop in then and take part in the conversation thank you for now lovelies bye